The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hello and welcome back. It's season two of Feng Shui with Christina Hollinger, and I am so glad you are here. I am so happy to be with you. And if you're new here, welcome. Thanks for joining. And if you're returning, I'm glad you're back because guess what? We have a return guest today. Her name is Felicia Bander, and she is the resident numerologist for the Astro Twins, the official astrologers of Elle Magazine, and she's going to help get us through the rest of 2022. So I'm super excited about everything she has to share because she said, according to her, September is the year where the the energy reaches its height. And she goes all into the details about we're in the universal six year, what that means for us and how this energy is truly influencing us in September and then the latter half of the year. If you're listening to this on replay, don't stop because guess what? I always am starting season two with a 15 minute feng shui lesson. That's why you're here, right? You want to manifest with feng shui. If you feel stuck in any area of your life, feng shui can help you get unstuck. If you feel like you don't know the next best step or you don't know how to achieve your dreams and goals, feng shui can help you do that. So I listened to you. I looked back at last year's data. I looked at the analytics and I saw what you were loving and you're loving feng shui. So I'm always going to start out with a little bit of feng shui, and today we're actually going to be getting into talking about something that I cover in the transformation series, which is how to manifest with your bedroom. It's as good as it sounds, let me tell you. So before I do that, I just want to remind you that leaving a review is extremely helpful for the show. And if you haven't left a review yet and you're listening on Apple podcasts, then I welcome you to leave a quick review by clicking write a review and leaving one or two sentences of what you think of the show. Honest opinion is totally welcome. I really live for your feedback because it's going to help me understand what it is that you value in the show. And then your reviews also help other people to find the show. And if they're looking to make great transformation and shifts in their life, then this show could be perfect for them. And I want this to spread to those who truly need it. So thank you for helping with your reviews and let's get into the feng shui, shall we? So my transformation series covers how to feng shui the three most important areas of your home. And it's very, very personal because 
these are the three areas that I started feng shui 10 years ago when I was completely new to it. I was living in the South loop of Chicago near the L tracks on the 13th floor with my husband. We had just gotten married. I was working out. So I was really healthy. We had our dog Huey things from the outside seemed to be perfect. I even had a new teaching job that year. And so it seemed like everything was going really well, but deep down, I felt like something was missing and I could not figure out what that something was. So as I looked around our South loop apartment one night, I noticed that the walls were stark white it was like this industrial loft. So like the ceilings were exposed and you could see the pipes. It was pretty cool. And the the windows were Florida ceiling windows and it was all city views. You could just look out at the, at the city lights and it was actually South facing. So if you're familiar with Chicago, you could see uh, Comiskey park, which is now like us cellular field. It's where the Sox play. It was in the distance. So the South loop isn't in the neighborhood where the park is, but in the distance, you could see like the fireworks on a Friday night. It was kind of cool. And, um, you couldn't see the lakeside, but we were right by the lakefront. Cause if you're familiar again with Chicago, it's kind of near soldier field. It was such a fun time in our lives. You know, living in the city had such a buzz and an excitement and a joy to it, but also living in the city, Those of you, I'm talking to you, if you're in, you know, Manhattan or living in any city, it can wear on you and it can drain you. If you don't know how to protect your energy, if you're an empath, you can be really picking up on other people's energies, thoughts, emotions, and it can be extremely draining and sometimes depressing, depending on how you're handling the energy, your environment impacts you. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. I know you know this because you're listening to the show and you understand that, but I really just want to emphasize that before I knew about feng shui, I was letting my environment control me and I wasn't controlling my environment. And therefore my life felt very muddy and unclear and unsettled. So when I learned about feng shui and I started to apply feng shui principles to our South Loop apartment, it was like this magical thing started to happen. I felt grounded. I felt clear and magical things started to unlock and open up for us. So in the transformation series, we talk about how to feng shui your front door because that's where all of the money abundance and opportunities enter. And when I do a one-on-one consultation, I always start at the front door with my clients. And then the next aspect that we go into in the transformation series is the bedroom, because you can manifest miracles when you apply feng shui in the bedroom. And here's why the bedroom represents your energy. It is how you feel about yourself. And I am going to explain what my bedroom looked like pre-feng shui, and then I'm going to describe the transformation of what it looked like afterwards and how it truly impacted my life and my husband's life as well. So (laughs) imagine this, you walk into the bedroom and you turn to the left and there's my bed. 
our bed was against the wall and it had a metal frame and one nightstand. There's like so much wrong with what I described. And here's what I'll, here's why. Number one, when you put your bed against the wall, it could make, if you're in a relationship, it could make one partner feel trapped. So there's inequity in the relationship. If you are single, then you're cutting off that energy for another person to enter your life. Also, from an energetic standpoint, you want the bed to be accessible from both sides because the energy circulates over your head and under the bed, over your head and under the bed in a circular fashion throughout the night to help recharge your energy. So that was the first problem with my bed. Secondly, if you've been following me for a while, you know that when I give a one-on-one consultation, I don't like to tell people to buy things. We can shop your house. We can find things that are going to be best, better suited in different rooms to support your intentions. So I'm all about that. But what I will say is that Every once in a while during a one-on-one consultation, I will recommend that my client does buy one thing. And this one thing is usually a solid headboard if they don't have one. So I talk about this in the transformation series too, like a solid headboard can be wood, it can be cloth, but it ultimately, it, it represents the universe having your back. And it just gives you that better night's sleep. And it also just supports you. And it makes you feel supported as you move through your life. So the metal frame is a conductor of energy. So it kind of keeps you up at night. And if you have racing thoughts a lot and you have trouble with thinking a lot at night and you have a metal head frame, then that's something to really consider switching out because the metal is going to keep you thinking at night. Um, You know, it's, Supposedly it's good for clairvoyance or if you're psychic, because then you can get like, have psychic dreams and things like that, if that's what you want, but it's going to keep your mind going at night. And you're probably going to have a lot of dreams if you have a metal headboard. So I didn't know anything about feng shui, but that's what I had was a metal headboard. And of course, like I said, one nightstand. So that was the before the after the transformation was this. All right. I did my feng shui research and I invested. I remember it like it's yesterday because we were just getting out of some major credit card debt that we had from planning a downtown Chicago wedding. If you're from Chicago, we had, we got married at the Allerton hotel. We got married in a church down the street. And then the reception was at the Allerton ballroom, which is called the tip top tap on Michigan Avenue. It was so it was so wonderful. It was just Frank Sinatra used to do his radio show up there. It was like very classic Chicago, which is exactly what Andy and I wanted because his whole family was flying in from the East coast or driving in. So we wanted to give them the ultimate Chicago experience. And so, yeah, I mean, the downtown wedding was definitely, um, it was a dream of ours and we paid for it. So (laughs) literally you, you know, it kind of, kind of did us in a little bit because, you know, we were both just starting our careers and stuff. So to actually invest in bedroom furniture, this was like a huge deal for me to like do this. So 
I got my, you know, Macy's credit card. So I was going to like really buy this adult furniture. And one thing I wanted to do was save money and only get one nightstand because obviously it's going to cost a few hundred dollars less if I do that. But everything I read, this is pre feng shui certification, pre Christina being an, you know, red ribbon professional at the international feng shui guild. And everything I read said, you have to get two nightstands to promote equality in the relationship, to see eye to eye with your partner. If you're single, you need two nightstands to call in a partner. So I did it. I got two nightstands and boy, am I so glad I got those. We still have those two nightstands today. We, it's like this dark cherry wood. I remember how fresh the furniture smelled when it first was delivered. It was just like the whole room just smelled of like this fresh wood. And it was just like, ah, my first adult bed set. It was so amazing. And it was, to be honest, it was the first time my bed was not pushed against a wall. I spent my entire childhood and my twenties with beds against the wall because I thought it made my room look bigger. And that is just like now so mind blowing to me because I even now put my children's bed in the command position. They're not against the wall either because it's not even always about the relationship piece of it, right? It's about the circulation of the energy is going to be optimal when the bed's in the command position and it's accessible from both sides. So the transformation really started to come about when we got the the solid headboard, two nightstands. And here's what I think was like the cherry on top. I was listening to Hay House Radio quite a bit during that time in my life. And it's so funny how it all worked out because Kate McKinnon, who was also a guest on my show last season, and we've actually become friends. She works with the Astro Twins, Astrologers of L, and I've also collaborated and partnered with the Astro Twins. So Kate and I are now friends, but at the time she was on Gabby Bernstein's podcast when she was on Hay House Radio. I didn't know who Kate was, but I kept hearing this commercial on Hay House And it was this highlight of Kate talking about bedroom feng shui and how it's optimal to have skin tone colors in the bedroom to make it like more earthy and down to earth. So in the bedroom, instead of having the stark white walls, I painted them myself to be like this, like kind of like a beigey color, like skin tone to soften it because you know, white is a yang active color and those beige colors are grounding and more yin. And you want yin in the bedroom, yin energy to help you to sleep and things like that. It was so incredible to watch our bedroom transform visibly. And then within six months of that transformation, my husband got an unexpected promotion. We found out that we were having our first baby and then life just took off because we actually 
weren't planning to leave the city, but we ended up buying our first house with what I say, grace and ease. I always say we bought it with grace and ease because for us, it was a big deal. We had no investment properties. We had nothing, like we had nothing to our name and we were just new home buyers. And we had to scrape everything we could together to buy a new house. And it was miraculous and life got unstuck. The moment I discovered feng shui and I started to feng shui our home, life got unstuck. And that was only the beginning because that was before I even got certified and before I even started this show and all the things happened. That was before HGTV and before all of it. And thank you for letting me share the transformation of my bedroom. And I share so much more with you in my new transformation series, where I help you design the life you desire by focusing on the three most important areas of your home. Plus there's a course and a module on how to function your bathroom to avoid energy and money leaks and a module on how to manifest with the five elements. That was your 15 minutes of feng shui. I hope you're enjoying it. Please leave a review. Let me know if you're liking the 15 minutes of feng shui. I would really love to hear your feedback. This is something new I'm trying this season. Now we're going to go ahead and cut to the interview with the Felicia Bender. She has a new book out. I'm holding it right here right now. It's fabulous. It's called the ultimate guide to practical numerology, mapping your path and purpose. And Felicia has written three books and we talk about it in the interview. I have to be honest. I mean, all of her books are great, but this is the one that has the most comprehensive information. It covers your life path number. It covers your pinnacles, which heads up. We're going to talk about pinnacles in this episode, and I just want to give you a quick background. I love this aspect of numerology. So in general, you have four pinnacles in your life and from about zero age zero to about 32, 33, it varies depending on person to person from about age zero to 30 something, you are in your first pinnacle. And then after that, let's say just for, for ease, let's say like when you turn 30, that's the end of your first pinnacle. When you, you go into your second pinnacle, that'll be nine, a nine year cycle. So at 39, you enter your third pinnacle, which is another nine year cycle. And then at 48, you'd enter your fourth pinnacle into your, uh, uh, to the rest of your life. So the pinnacles are these phases of your life and there's a number associated with each pinnacle and it's unique to you. So I think it's fantastic to learn about this. And we talk about it in the interview. And at one point I was like, okay, maybe I need to like cut some of this out because she's like reading my chart practically and it's very vulnerable. So bear with me here. She kind of talks a lot about my chart for a little bit, but she gets really into helping you to understand. Well, first of all, if you are curious about pinnacles, you absolutely have to pick up her book or at the very least, just go to her website and see if she has any information on there about pinnacles. Because when you understand, like, for example, I started with a nine pinnacle, 
My second one and my third one are, I'm at a three pinnacle right now. And I end my life with a five pinnacle. And these are very distinctive energies. And it tells you a lot about where you are in your life and what's like, it, it can answer so many questions for you, right? It can help you understand why you're experiencing certain things, why you feel pulled to try different things. It's really, really exciting. And it helps to affirm that you're on the right path or if you're not right. So that's just a fun thing that we talk about, but really what Felicia helps you understand in this episode is she really gets into the energy of 2022, how we're going to end the year. And she gets into your personal year number. So she's going to help you understand what personal year number you're in. It's a universal six year for all of us. I'm in a personal six year, but you might be in a personal three year or a personal eight year. And she breaks that down for you. What does that mean for you? What's the theme almost? So it's a theme song of your year. And she kind of gives you that. So it's really cool. And let me know how you like this, because I would love to continue to have Felicia back. She's already coming back for a second time. I foresee that she could come back again for the new year and all sorts of things. So keep keep sending me DMs, keep writing reviews, whatever you want to do to really stay in touch. I love hearing from you. And I really hope that you enjoy this episode today with Felicia Bender. Hi, Felicia. Welcome back to the show. It's so great to have you here in season two. How are you doing? I'm great. And I'm super excited to uh, get dive into the numbers again with you today. I know I knew I had to have you come back on the show because we were talking right before this recording and we were chatting about how we are in the middle of a six universal year and it's not quite over yet. So I really felt like it would be important to bring you back to help us through the rest of 2022, because it's still not over. And we really want to thrive. We want to make the most of the six universal energy. But before we get into that, and we're going to help our listeners also learn what their personal year is right now and what they can anticipate, especially in September, which you just described as the crescendo of the year. So there's a lot of big energy coming up. Um, Before we help our listeners understand what their personal year is and how it's going to relate to the six universal number, let's talk about our friends, the Astro Twins, just real quick. You are a resident numerologist for the Astro Twins. Is that right? I am. And you have worked with them as well. And I know both of us are so excited. I mean, uh, to to the core of our being that their, uh, that cosmic love, their astrology-based dating, a reality show, uh, just was released on, uh, Amazon prime. So I'm so, I'm so intrigued because what I'm loving about it is that they're not just going, skipping the surface in terms of, you know, something like this, it's a little more complicated and it's a little bit more out there, right? I think bringing it into the mainstream is, is a pretty, uh, um, what I don't want to say dangerous move, but it is, it's a, it, it's, you know, just seeing, I think we're ready for this as a, 
uh, as watchers, as viewers in, the, in, in our culture. So I'm really hoping it's well received in that way. And what I love the most is that they're not only talking about the sun sign, they're talking about a little bit more of the depth and breadth that uh, a numerology chart, a full numerology prof, uh, excuse me, astrology, I'm the numerologist, numerology is <laughs> always on my mind, uh, but the astrology can bring to the table and they're really able to work that into how they're, how they're um, matching people and all of that. Uh, what are you thinking about it? So I share with Felicia, I don't get to watch a lot of TV because I have two young kids. So whatever's on Disney Junior is usually what I'm watching. But I took advantage of the fact that my friends, the Astro Twins, were on a, an Amazon Prime video show. And I watched the premiere of Cosmic Love this week. And I truly enjoyed it, at least the beginning of it. It's so interesting because what they did was they actually read a hundred people's charts. And then they had to narrow it down to 20 different charts and match up compatibility based on their sun sign, their moon sign, and all these components. And like you said, Felicia, I'm actually pretty surprised that nothing like this has ever been on TV before, but the Astro Twins are the they're literally influencers based on their I am calculator, because that's something that they just developed is to help you understand what kind of an entrepreneur or leader you are. They are influencers and pioneers. So it mm -hmm. just makes complete sense that they would be the ones to bring this to the mainstream television. And I am definitely watching in the wings, cheering them on, excited to see the rest of the season. So mm -hmm. yeah, I just had to touch upon that because well, maybe you can tell me, are you working on the 2023 horoscopes with them? Because you always do the numerology for their horoscope, yearly horoscope book. Yes, absolutely. So I do the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're already, they're all, they, they work so hard. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Uh, thank God there are two of them, right? They're, <laughs> they're twins. And, uh, but they do, they have an amazing horoscope book that comes out every year. And uh, I do contribute to that in terms of uh, talking about the universal year and what that brings uh, via numerology. I love it. All right. Well, before we get into talking about 2022 and what this energy is like right now, as we kind of go downhill, because we're, we're sort of going into the, we're starting to head into the next year energy already, but we do have some, some lessons I'm sure from 2022 that we're still uncovering. So before we get into that, you came out with a book since the last time we spoke. It's called The Ultimate Guide to Practical Numerology, Mapping Your Path and Purpose. So I was really curious to know, this is not your first book. So I'm curious to know what was the inspiration for this book and how is it different from your others? Well, it's interesting because uh, my first book was, gosh, over a decade ago, and it was a basic basically kind of a coaching sort of book about how to use the personal year uh, cycle that we're going to talk about a little bit today, uh, the pinnacle cycles that I call life stages, and then the, the, and then the life path number as a very basic framework about how to understand ourselves and how to, you know, move, move with some purpose <laughs> in that way. But it was very, again, 101, very basic. And then my second book was about master numbers, because I don't know if you're 
you know, in terms of what you do and how you do it with clients, uh, Christina, but uh, I found that I kept getting every single one of my clients had master numbers in their charts. So I began going, okay, I guess this is my cue that I need to really dig into this and really uh, become more of an expert in the master numbers. And so through that is where, where the book uh, Master Numbers 11, 22, 33 came from. So that was uh, all about a really deep dive into those master numbers as they show up uh, in, our, in, our, in our profile. And uh, a lot of people really um, are what? Master numbers people really are thirsty for information mm -hmm. about how to optimize uh, those those energies because they can be pretty uh, intense. And so this uh, the the book that uh, the third one that's out now is it's a bigger book. It's more like uh, it's more of a culmination of all of the writing and all of the work I've been doing for over a decade. And I thought if I could put it into um, a very user-friendly, practical guide, and yet also with some depth, right? Because sometimes it's, uh, we get into books that either are just brain-bending in terms of their, you know, uh, how detailed, <laughs> like just shoot me now, right? There's just too much information here. Or, or it's just really superficial or more superficial than you would like it to be. So if I, I've attempted to really... Uh, talk about how to create and understand your core numbers uh, in your numerology profile, including some key uh, cycles of time, the pinnacle cycles, uh, challenges, personal years, so that then you could really uh, draw in this, this map, right? Mapping your path and purpose. So it really, I, I attempt to really frame it in terms of how you're writing your life script, right? How you are engaging that um, in, in a very mindful, uh, intentional way. So you mentioned with your first book and this most recent one, you mentioned pinnacles. And yes. for anyone who's a little bit new to numerology, I do find this one of the most fascinating components of numerology. It's you get four of them. Is that correct, Felicia? Yes. And you gave me a reading. And interestingly enough, my first pinnacle was a nine and the next two pinnacles are threes. And I mm -hmm. end with a five. Correct. So something tells me with the three, that's all about communication and stuff like that. But you basically affirmed to me when you talked to me during the reading that this whole podcast isn't really going to go anywhere, or at least things like this will continue to knock on my door and evolve. But what could you say to people just in general about the four pinnacles? How do those guide you throughout your life? Well, first of all, I want to say uh, what I just heard you say is that I told you that, that, that your podcast wasn't going to go anywhere. And oh, I know like, it's not going to go away. I meant, <laughs> I, knew, I didn't mean that I knew that, but I wanted your audience to know that it's okay. like, it's, yeah, <laughs> it isn't going, it's not going to let you go. It's going to make, it's going to, you know, continue to uh, develop and enrich it and move, move on. Um, because Again, what you're saying, Christina, and this is what I, again, I just love this about the tool of numerology is that oftentimes this isn't your comfort zone, right? 
So for you, from, you have two pinnacle cycles. And again, the pinnacles at, that you're referring to and that we're referring to right now are four chunks of time that uh, last for longer periods of time. I consider them kind of like degree programs that we've signed up for, for an extended period. And they're the environment that we find ourselves in. So we, we keep getting these people, these experiences, all of these things that are, that are offering us these wonderful, beautiful opportunities to, uh, to engage with the, the particular energy that is uh, guided during that pinnacle. And for you, you happen to be in a number three, and then you up-level that. Uh, again, another nine-year cycle, and that doesn't happen to everyone. Sometimes we get uh, we get two in a row. Uh, sometimes we get you know the same one uh, with something in between. And when I see that numerologically speaking, it really means that this is it, this is the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the thing that you are going to be asked to do, called upon to do, and you're being asked to perfect it and master it in a more, uh, in a higher level when you've got, when you double up on it, it's really asking you to up level. The beautiful thing though is, is usually that transition between them can be a little bit rockier or bumpier. If you're really shifting from one number that is a uh, very different than the other, and with you, not the case. So there's always, you know, the pros and cons to this, but the three as a cycle of time here is you're immersed in this, this demand and draw for you to communicate, to express, to uh, anything having to do with the written word, the spoken word, broadcasting, writing. I would think maybe you get, uh, get to do a book. <laughs> Another book because I did Another. self-publish, yes, but I do feel a calling to evolve and and grow upon that one day, Felicia. We'll see. <laughs> well, it's and that's what we're also looking at, and especially as we're talking about um, these cycles of time, that we are in the present moment, right? We are, and every moment is is a, a cumulative event to the what's what's coming coming up for us. So we have to really live it in the moment. And what I also want to, even though it's a little bit more of a complex thought, I'm going to throw this in as well, which is in your case, one of your core numbers in your numerology chart, your soul urge number happens to be what is called a karmic debt number, which shouldn't scare anyone. It's, it's, uh, it doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean you're being punished. It actually really opens you up to, uh, the opportunities that are arising within uh, within your life, within the, the construct of this number. And very, very basically, it's a four, it's a 13 slash four. And the four is that hard worker, that systems builder, the, you know, the slow and steady building something of lasting value. And yet the 13 brings in this component of the three where there was some maybe issues last time. And so now you get this entire, this 18 year period of time to really master this. And again, and I would say that looking at, uh, at your numbers in this way, that again, it's not, uh, it's not something you would have ever really totally thought of and imagined for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you, do you think what five years ago, even eight years ago, you would have dreamed that this is what you would be doing? 
No, probably not. Especially, you know, starting out with that nine number, probably not, but I do remember being a little kid wanting to talk to Oprah. So I don't know how I was going to do that, but I love Oprah and Oprah is a four life path as well. Just like I am, by the way. Yes, she is. (laughs) I was just going to mention that. I'm like, you, you, you were soul buddies, you know, you just really felt that, uh, that affinity there. And so I love how it can really, um, reveal some pretty distinct clarity around, oh, this is, this is really what I'm meant to do. Even when it feels like a throwaway item or like, oh, you know, I don't know. Cause the self-doubt also comes in with that three. Um, that's one of the biggest uh, issues or concerns with the three, uh, fear of criticism, that self-doubt, all of those things that can really put a block uh, in, in that ability or desire to move through and communicate in that way. And yet you've got the four, which if there's any energy or characteristic who can get the job done, it's you because you have this, the, the four energies. So it's this beautiful convergence of the best of both worlds. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy all the time. And yet it does offer you both of those gifts and skills and talents uh, that go with that. So throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Yeah, and I don't want to go rogue with this question, but it does, you just really helped us to understand that there's such complexity in the chart. And I can already visualize how I would have your book and I would mark, okay, I'm in the three pinnacle and you can kind of go across the book and read the characteristics of what a three is going to maybe challenge you with, what it's going to help you to learn and what might be your natural strengths as well. But I mean, have you ever really read a chart where someone is like, wow, you have it pretty easy. Like there's not a whole lot of lessons for you. Um, no, and yet what I do find is that there are some, uh, charts that are, that flow more gracefully. Um, and yet ostensibly they do. It depends on how we're, we're engaged with it and how we're aligned with it. You can have a fairly flowing, simple chart and you can make it really hard for yourself. You know, especially if you don't go against, or if you go with something that's not natural to you. So like if you're a financial banker or something like that, but your life purpose is to be some type of like a spiritual teacher or leader, you know, right? you know, then you're going to feel this, this tug and it probably won't go away until you look at your numerology chart and realize, ah, this is actually what I'm meant to be doing. Right. Yes. The astrology, (laughs) the numerology really does work in tandem together. I love Talia Nofi and I will often say together, we kind of jokingly say, once you know, both your numerology and your astrology are out of excuses, 
<laughs> um, but, you know, but it is one of those wonderful tools. And I think about uh, this, this wonderful speech given by Jim Carrey one time where he said, he said, you know, his father could have been an incredibly great comedian, but he felt like he had to do something practical and pragmatic. And so he became an accountant and he hated it. And, but he did it to, you know, to be safe and to take care of his family. And then, of course, he got let go. He got fired from that safe. And then they and, and they really struggled as a family. And he said, and the lesson for him as a child was you can you can fail doing something that you hate. So you might as well do something that you love. <laughs> because I love that. right. Because. Either way, I mean, if you fail with with quotation marks, with air quotes, um, you might as well, you know, go down doing something that you absolutely have this passion around. You just gave me chills. I absolutely love that quote from Jim Carrey. If you're going to fail at something that you hate, you might as well try to do something you love. Yeah. Mic drop. Okay. So let's kind of get into this. I would love to know more about the, now this is, um, this is always so interesting to me. Everyone has a personal year mm-hmm. and mine happens to be a six, but we're going to help everyone listening, find out what their personal year is. And then we have the universal year and the mm-hmm. universal year happens to be a six. Let's talk first about the universal year, because okay. that is the um, kind of the umbrella energy. That is something all of us are feeling globally, numerologically speaking. Okay. So this, this applies to all of us, kind of the water we're swimming in or however you want to conceptualize that very easy calculation. You take the year that we're in 2022, And then in numerology, we are always uh, doing a very simple addition, most always, and uh, reducing to a one-digit number. So very easy. We take 2022, two plus zero plus two plus two, and that equals six. So that is the universal energy for this for this year. I would also just say that if you, you know, if you notice patterns, there you go, you're like, well, that is a lot of twos there. Yes, indeed. There are a lot of twos and that has an influence as well when we get a little deeper. And yet this overarchingly can apply to us globally. And the, the, the number six is the number of home. It's a family. It's the domestic world. It's about, uh, it's about responsibility with a capital R. It is usually very duty-bound, service-oriented, very justice-minded, very uh, creative. It's like that cosmic parent energy. And so when it shows up as a cycle of time like this, the questions that come in are related to these themes. So we're looking at globally, to me, how are we how are we nurturing that's another word nurturing nourishment those sorts of words that can be really aligned with the energy of the six how are we nurturing ourselves how are we nurturing our global community how is how are our family dynamics how are we loving and how are how are how do we want to be loved Again, and we're looking at a lot of uh, issues right now about the connectedness that we all are or or have uh, as a global community. 
even more so than usual, right? Uh, we've got so much in terms of our health, the health things that we have been going through that is very global. We've got global uh, issues and aspects with uh, with economy, with finances. We've got global uh, global connectivity with with uh, weather, <laughs> with climate, uh, all of these things are really pulling up to, to the front that we are not uh, islands on our own. We are not individuals that we really, and so on, a, on a, a grander scale, on a universal scale, that's what we're all dealing with. And that is what we could really discuss in terms of the universal energy. And you could reduce it into all kinds of different tributaries there. But then, then we're really basically uh, into it that as that sweeping global, and then we can be much more um, macrocosmic and much more personal and individual, and then uh, does, and look at our personal year, which is derived from our own personal date of birth. So do you mind if I use your uh, date of birth to no, give us this? All right, so we're, if you're out there and uh, you're like, what is my, <laughs> what is my personal year? Uh, you would take your month of birth and your day of birth, in this calculation, your year of birth goes, go, goes off to the side somewhere. We're not looking at the, at the year that you were born, only the month and the day. And then we're looking, if you're looking for the personal year for this year, you would use 2022. So uh, in your case, uh, Christina, you're born in October. So that uh, is a 10. It's the 10th month. One plus zero, which is 10. We're again reducing, uh, is a one. So that would be a one and you're born on the eighth, that's pretty easy. It's a number eight. And then 2022, we also talked, we already talked about that that's a six. So then we take one plus eight plus six, and that is nine, nine plus six is 15. One plus five equals six. So for instance, if you're out there and your birthday is uh, on the 13th, you would add one plus three. Or if you were born in uh, November, it's an 11. And actually, that is a master number and wouldn't be reduced, but uh, we don't want to get totally complicated. You can go ahead and reduce it to a one plus one equals two uh, for our purposes right now. But so what does that mean, right? The, the personal year, what, it, what have you found? We'll talk about it in a second, but I would love for you to talk, Christina, about how you use it. I mean, you've started using these things in your day-to-day -day life, haven't you? Yeah. So I want to let listeners know if you're getting a little bit confused by the math or something, I'll always put something in the show notes to give you an example. So I'll uh, write it out if you're a visual learner so that you can make sure that you're getting your personal year calculated correctly. It's just, you know, like Felicia said, adding up your month and the day and then plus six, because six is the personal year. This is the energy that we're in right now. And next year will be seven, but we'll talk about that later when we get to that. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, so Felicia, you were a couple of things that you just were talking about. First of all, you know, since we're in the universal six year, I, am, I was asking myself some questions as you were kind of recapping and reminding us of the themes. Mm -hmm. And I was asking myself questions like, where have I had to be more responsible? Where have I been asked to um, take on perhaps maybe more 
responsibility at home or where have I noticed that we need to have some more balance within our household so that this, our small household system is working better. Right. And like making yes. some tweaks. Like, I think that this year has been a lot about that. We just got a new puppy two weeks ago and you just said that, um, you know, September is going to be sort of the culmination of this. So I can see how we are being called, at least for us, a six has been, we had to welcome a new family member. My sister's having a baby. So that has kind of come up for our family. And so when you add a new pet or child to the mix, it does change the dynamics. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I also feel like because you mentioned family so much, I have been thinking a lot more about my connections with even just my in-laws or my relatives and really trying to get more present and enjoying our time together and caring so much less about some of the other stuff that sometimes gets in the way of those special times together, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And as I'm talking about six, you know, my, my, my son's in the background right now. So. I love that. I just want to go give him a little hug. <laughs> He's turning Hi, five. What are you doing? Yeah, he doesn't hear you because my earbuds oh, are in. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> but I feel like I've been, you know, I don't know if listeners have felt that as well in some capacity. Um, but mm-hmm. It's just really interesting too, because as a feng shui practitioner, six sort of, I think you've related six to a Libra. Yes. To me, it's a very lib- librarian energy. Yes. Because it's all about balance, beauty, harmony at home. Aesthetics. Yes. And, and all of that very, very, very much so. But let's, let's, I'll do a very, very, very quick uh, telling all, all of us, what each of the personal year numbers bring the theme. I call it knowing the theme to your party, right? Because it's kind of like, you want to show up to the right party in the right outfit. <laughs> so, I love it. Yes. And, uh, and absolutely. Because really what I, what I like to stop and also bring up again, is that numerology isn't just blah, 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 right? It isn't just talking. It actually is energy. It is an energetic presence. It is an influence. It's data. It's information that we're all feeling, whether we know it or not, or whether we believe in it or not, or anything like that. We can often people come to numerology and they're like, oh my gosh, I went back and did my personal years. And it's unbelievable how much it it was in alignment. So again, it's happening. So the the key uh, about it for numerology, and I would extend that to astrology as well, is that having some intention around it and having a framework here allows us to use the energy optimally because it's there to support us. It's there to help us. And if, and, and if we can do that best when we know what it is, right. And when we know what it's helping us with rather than it using us, right. Let's use the energy rather than have the energy use us. So with that, if, uh, so if you're out there and listening and you're like, okay, well, I just did my math and I'm in my one personal year. What does that mean? The one personal year is a new beginning. It is a new chapter. 
Uh, it is really uh, asking you to plant seeds that you want to see grow for the next nine years. Uh, I know that's a little daunting, but <laughs> you can start with a plan and you can mutate it as you go along. But you, it's asking you to uh, step into a new phase and stage in your life. A two personal year is a resting time because the eight, the nine into the one is what I consider to be a pretty intense uh, three-year push time or transition cycle. Starts with the eight, nine, and then the one. So the two is like, ah, okay, let's breathe a little bit. Let's rest. It's a time to develop patience, to put uh, your, to focus your energy on relationships the relationships in your life, to truly network for business and those other things, and to, to tend to uh, the things that you put into play in your one personal year. The three is a time for self-improvement. The three is all about, uh, again, any, it's going to ask you to put your creative juice into play, creativity, communication, uh, expression, fun, socializing, uh, doing new things, experimenting, a little bit of travel, but it's uh, when you're laughing, you're learning in a three personal year. So the four is structure. Now you're taking the things that you created in that three and you're implementing them. It's a little more serious. It's kind of like a life review, take it all out, put it on the desk and go, okay, what's my life's mission statement? Does it need revising? How am I doing? And then to do the step-by-step-by-step -step -step processes that it takes to get things in line and uh, established. It can bring up some old family gook to be kind of dealt with differently. And it's a time where you might feel a little bit limited in, uh, in, in, in certain ways. The five is freedom. Uh, it's you're building those systems. Now you hopefully have this great foundation from which to uh, explore different levels of freedom in your life. And it's a catalytic year. Toward the end of that year, there'll be change. There will be change in a five personal year. Six, us. It's the us year. It is relationship evaluation. Should I stay or should I go? Should it stay or should it go? And it's really up-leveling everything in that, in that department and also giving you some higher levels of responsibility, no matter how you kind of define that. The seven is a, a pause year. It's a sabbatical year. It's more of a spiritually probing, introspective. It's really time to organize, to study, and to uh, develop that right state of mind, to quote uh, a, a numerologist, Juno Jordan. And then you're moving into the next year where it is that beginning of that transition cycle. The eight, it's going to ask you to get serious about yourself, uh, review your money and finance and career situation, and deal with any level of disempowerment that you feel you have in your life. The nine is the end of a cycle, surrender, letting go, uh, letting things, it's like a commencement, right? It's letting things go and, uh, and end so that there can be a new beginning opening up in the one. So that's how that cycle goes, uh, numerologically speaking. So in September of this year, um, uh, of every year, it will, it, it highlight, it's like a peak or a crescendo of the energy of the personal year you're experiencing. 
So it's a very heightened time where all of those themes and all of those issues culminate. You're feeling it much more intensely. And then October, November, December, you kind of, you know, walk down the hill and you're kind of start beginning to meet the new energy, but you still have to go to the end of, of, of the trail <laughs> for, or the end of the year. And I also want to say not to confuse matters, but I want to acknowledge that the personal year runs, in my opinion, from uh, January 1st through December 31st, intensifying around your birthday, and then the peak time in September. Some numerologists will, will, um, will uh, say that it, go, it runs from birthday to birthday, and so it depends on your school of thought around how that works. So just to acknowledge that there are those uh, both ways of thinking about it. I appreciate how you always do point out like that there's other ways to consider numerology. And yet I feel the same way about feng shui, right? Where there's like, there's these different ways to approach the same modality. And it's nice to know the differences, but sometimes it's kind of also nice to like, follow one person for a little while to you yes. get pretty confident in that. So I'm going to go with you, Felicia, and it's a six universal year till December 31st. Correct. And one thing you said about six when you were going over the personal years, but I think that we're all impacted by the six. So I thought I would bring this up. You said that the theme of six could be, should it, should I stay or should I go? Should it stay or should it go? Is that something that we'll be thinking about in September quite a bit, probably because you said it's the crescendo and like, absolutely you have any examples of I mean, has that ever happened to you during a six year or do you have any clients that have experienced some major examples oh, of that? Yes, indeed I have. And I have to say right now, I have to be really honest. A lot of clients are um, in significant uh, transition in terms of relationship dynamics. I know a lot of people who've restructured some family dynamics, you know, family of origin, all of that. Some people who have left marriages, some people who have gotten married, right? Who have upped up the ante and said, oh, it's time to, you know, to, to commit. Uh, uh, people have, um, are in the, are with friendships, long-term friendships that have dropped off or that have mutated into something else or something of that nature. I am finding that many, many people uh, overarchingly are really looking at their relationship life and making determinations about who they align with and who they don't want to, you know, um, what expend their energy upon let's put it that way mm -hmm. and uh, where they where they find their sense of support and I always uh, say that it, the real underlying question here is basically focused on ourselves which everything usually is anyway right but it's it, it it's about it's about how do I love and this is a big question for all of us, I mean, and if we look into any exploration, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but you know, of trauma and of things in the, I mean, how many people do you know, who are constantly going, why do I keep attracting the alcoholic, the narcissist, the abuser, the emotionally unavailable, the, you know, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And it's often a time where that really comes up as a question to be taken seriously right? And to explore what it is about, uh, you know, about 
me that is creating that or attracting that. I always remember one of the, it's so cruel, but it's funny. It's funny in a painful way. One of those, uh, I don't know if you remember, there was a time where there was uh, motivational posters that people would have in their offices, right? With these, and there was this one website that was demotivational posters. So you have to, right? It was supposed to be funny. And uh, they had this, this chain going across with this link that was broken. And it said, said something like, I don't know if I'm going to quote it exactly. It said, the only common denominator in all my failed relationships is me. Mm. And it's kind of like, ah, ow, ooh, ha. <laughs> you know, it's those sorts of feelings. So those things can really come up in terms of not, um, not just being hard on ourselves and uh, self-critical and everything. It's like, okay, really, if I want to open up to healthy, dynamic, loving relationships, what do I have to do differently? And then it extends into, into the other, other elements. So it's not as flippantly easy as it might sound, right? Just, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, cut off this person or do this or that. Mm -hmm. It really is a deeper exploration of how, how you really want to be loved and where it comes into play in our, in our initial programming as children. Um, you know, someone like Alan de Botin, who is this uh, person, he wrote, he, he wrote a very provocative, it's a provocative uh, title um, of an article that was the most read article in uh, the New York Times in 2016. And it's called Why You Will Marry the Wrong Person. Mm. And he does a TED talk and everything. And his basic thing is, is that we, uh, we, we uh, engage with or attract or, or are attracted to people who represent how we felt love, what we felt love was, what it represented. So for instance, if, if, you know, mom was critical, if mom was absent, if mom, you know, was what used you to make herself feel better or like, those are the, those are the, the things that we like, oh, that feels like home. Mm -hmm. And then that's what we end up replaying again. We don't do it consciously. Usually it's exact. We think we're doing the exact opposite. Oh, I'm marrying exactly the opposite of my dad, you know, or whatever it is. And so it's really a time to dig very much into those deeper crevices that will, uh, that will open us up to really lasting positive changes if we choose to do that. Wow. It's so much deeper than I anticipated, but as you were talking, I was reflecting on some of the work I've been doing, especially over the summer months, because, you know, as my listeners know, I work in public education and then I get a couple months off in the summer, which is awesome because I like to say, I go into be, go from being a full-time working mom to getting to experience being a full-time mom for a couple months. And with that, I also as I told you, Felicia, before we started recording, I invested in a group coaching with Gabrielle Forleo, who has worked with Deepak Chopra for over 10 years. And I've really been working on my mindset and I've been working on mm -hmm. myself and doing a lot of work because having a positive mindset around money and self-worth and feeling like you're good enough or feeling abundant, all of those 
feelings that we desire takes some practice and it takes rewiring of our brain, literally. And what you said, Felicia, and what I heard you say is that, you know, instead of pointing at other people and saying it's I'm not happy because of you, or I don't want this person in my life because X, Y, Z that they're doing, you're kind of encouraging us to do some of that inner work. And what I noticed over the six week program with Gabrielle and the women who participated in it is we all, well, for me personally, I started to invest more in myself, my self-care regimens, my self-care routines, the time I take with myself to, to dream and to set my intention for the day. So I'm not just floundering throughout the day. I really am living an intentional lifestyle, which I was doing already with feng shui, but I took it to another level another level with this practice. Um, and so I'm just kind of relating that where I didn't think that was necessarily a six energy, but now that you kind of went into all that conversation, I just want listeners to not feel depleted. I want them to feel like whatever, wherever you are in your journey with, with your relationships, your marriage, your family, it all starts with you, which is what I've heard you say. Is that right, Felicia? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I would, I would also say, I don't know why I feel the necessity to, but I will, is a lot of times I'll have clients who are in their sixth personal year. And let's just say, for instance, I had a woman who, you know, we were talking about it. She's like, well, this, I don't, I'm not married. I don't want to be married. And I'm, I'm not dating. I'm not in a relationship. I'm very happily, you know, very happily single. Um, all of these things just weren't fitting. And then we were talking more and more about it. And finally she said, oh, oh no, this makes perfect sense. She said, this is the year that I have absolutely devoted myself to getting to know myself in the most, in the, in the, in the most transitional, the most, the deepest way that I have ever experienced in my life. She said, I, I went into this year really not having any idea kind of who I was in anymore, what my values were, what I really held dear, all of those things. And she, she said this whole year had been about that um, for her in the, in terms of, and she had some responsibilities tossed her way, which was part of the theme, but it was, it's sometimes really what I love about talking about these things is that, is that we can get more into the nuances about what, uh, what the, what it actually, how it actually shows up in a very practical way for us individually and how, and how to align that and use that information uh, in, in individually and how that is, how we are experiencing it. Um, oh, I love that. Cause you said practical, you are the practical numerologist. And what I like to always remind my listeners of is in feng shui, we focus on the three different types of energy. We focus on personal energy and how your energy is influenced by other people we focus on your environmental energy, which is how your immediate surroundings impact your energy. And we also talk about the universal or cosmic energy, which yes. that's why I like to have astrologers come on the show. And that's why I like to have you Felicia to come on the show so that it's like, you can see that it is a great time to lean into some of these questions or to some of the self-development 
that is harnessing the universal energy. So just some encouragement as we, you know, end 2022, the next few months here. Absolutely. And that you can, and that's why I titled the book, Mapping Your Path and Purpose, because you, we can do that. And it's such a relief to look and go, wow, I don't have to reinvent the wheel or flounder around or guess or whatever. Uh, And again, I can put this in front of me. It's just like, you know, putting the coordinates in your GPS. And it doesn't mean that you won't, you know, that you won't have a detour every now and then. It's quite a relief to think that we're not doing it wrong. You know, we are really hard on ourselves and especially people like you, Christina, who are mothers, who are, you know, you're a wife, you're a mother, you have, you have two kids, you have a puppy, you've got, I mean, ah, and so, it, and you're always feeling like you should be what? Doing something different, doing something better, doing, 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 doing. And there is a point to which, and you're a four life path. So you're all about the accomplishment and all about the results. And, um, and, and yet sometimes we get lost in that and we forget that, that this is, this is the point is to, in, just like you were saying this year, you're really soaking in the beauty and the, the feelings of just feeling good with these relationships with your family. Mm-hmm. And you, and we just talked about how astrology and numerology talk to each other. My Jupiter is in Capricorn. So that's also another accomplishment thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I tend to, to lean towards the, the tangible accomplishments and, and just being able to see that. And I'm also trying to question that as well. And just, you know, not value, put, put value in all of that stuff. So it's really interesting. If you love astrology already, I know you're going to just love this extra layer of information that Felicia, you provide. I can't wait. I ordered your book on Amazon and it's coming in the mail. They're pretty good about bringing it to me in like two days. I'm going to have a fresh pen ready to go and I'm going to really map out like it's literally in the title, but that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to map out where I am in my pinnacles. I'm going to map out just all of the components of my life. I, I've, I've read through other numerology books before, but it doesn't get old because you know, there's the same per two people can say the same thing in two different, very different ways. So I'm excited to dive into this. Exactly. And that's why, you know, the, the reason that I do this, I mean, I really do love it. And yet it is one of, I call myself the practical numerologist because, you know, it can, it can all be way out there, <laughs> but what about what we are here? We did opt in to be in these human bodies and these, you know, we're, we're here we are on planet earth. And so how do we do this and how do we do it with the, with the clearest intention? And, um, and what I love about the numbers is it can really point us to, I mean, even with, with your life path as a four, one of the, the four is the number of health in numerology. And it, it's not the number of bad health, right? Because people will go, it's health, I got it. No, it's the number of health, because you are usually an incredibly healthy, rigorous, you know, robust individual, fours usually are, and yet you can burn out, because you're, you're kind of that Capricornian energy in many ways, very diligent and hardworking. So the health part is about self care, 
and it's about flexibility in the mind and in the and in the body and they both affect each other and it's about actual relaxation finding the things to relax your mind to relax your body so that you can be in it for the long haul and so it's a really it's it's so pragmatic that way it's like oh okay i would say for you as a four you've got to put in your calendar your massage your walk around the lake your facial your pottery class whatever it is you've got to take that as seriously as as uh, on your punch list as everything else you know do you have access to my calendar felicia (laughs) (laughs) seriously i I feel like maybe i'm doing something right then because it's like it's so true i have to literally plan for fun and Mm -hmm. also i'm very regimented and like about all of the things you just said so like it's thank beautiful. you but it's yeah. so funny I just I have another uh, astrologer coming on this season and I had a private reading with her and it's like you two talked before this interview because everything you're saying mirrors what my astrology chart says so it's just so mind-blowing so if you think life doesn't come with directions it does <laughs> and here is one of the maps that you need to definitely check out with Felicia Felicia, before we wrap up, is there anything you'd like to share about? I know we talked a little about your certification program and also you have something for entrepreneurs. Um, so, and I know that that's closed now, but it would still be nice to hear a little bit about that. So can you tell us about that and where people can find you? Which absolutely. besides in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, absolutely. I do have a, a numerology for entrepreneurs course. It's closed right now, but we will more than likely run that program again, uh, the beginning of 2023 uh, after the holidays, after the blur of the holidays. So, and when we're all really ready to rock and roll at the beginning of the year. And I also am am, uh, offering a certification program in Felicia Bender, the practical numerologist uh, through the International Institute that we have. It will be a certification. So if you want to be a professional numerologist, or even if you simply love this stuff and want to get dig deeper and have certification for that, I find a lot of people who, again, uh, who are in astrology, uh, feng shui, maybe they're therapists, maybe they're hairdressers, uh, uh, estheticians who use this with clients to understand and and all of that, and and just people who like to understand themselves and their families uh, better as well. So that level one will be uh, offered starting in October, and that will be a tiered program. So uh, you can get just the beginning level, or you could go all the way to the advanced level with that. So you can find out all about this at FeliciaBender.com free monthly forecast there. You can find out about your life path number, uh, a lot of uh, free resources for you to uh, get your kind of numerology geek going uh, at FeliciaBender.com. I love that. And it's pretty cool. If you get the Astro Twins weekly horoscope, they send it every Sunday. And anytime I go to their site, I see you pop up on there as well, Felicia, because you, you are their resident numerologist as well. So it's kind of, kind of neat. You can find her in that space as well. So thank you so much, Felicia. You just gave us so much good stuff to think about as we round out 2022. It's hard to believe that we're already in the second half, but um, I just think we are thick in the energy and thank you for helping us to understand it so much better. And actually thank you for helping us to understand ourselves better. 
Well, thank you for having me and let's uh, get together again in 2023 and see see what the numbers have to tell us. Okay. I'm always so excited for a new year. You know, I'm all about that. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. And I will see you next week where I will help you design the life you deserve. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.